Conan, what is best in life? To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentation of the women. That is good. That is good. What is crackalacking, everybody? Bam here, and I am with the Flying Monkeys Wargaming Podcast, where Wargaming was easy. It would be your mom. I'm usually the main host. Uh, this week, I'm here with just Cam. And uh, Cam and I talk about uh, Thousand Suns. Really, I just kind of ask questions. Cam talks a lot about Thousand Suns because he's uh, enthusiastic about the army. And uh, offers some good stuff, some cool stuff. Uh, so I hope you guys get something out of it. The regular crew should be back next week. Uh, for those who don't know, it's kind of been a hectic week for, week for me. Um, a lot of work, a lot of stuff going on. And uh, we'll get the crew lined out next week and get everybody together to record an episode. And of course, the usual recording night was uh, Laura's birthday. So basically, I took the night off of podcasting to spend the time with my fiance and uh, had an episode in the pocket. So this is what you guys get. If you have not, go check us out on Patreon. Um, ben Spears from Snarky Sayings is doing the Patreon giveaways this month. Um, probably gives you the weekend to get into the Patreon if you want to be included in getting some of these gifts. Uh, so go do it. You're going to do it. And uh, we'll get them out to you guys next week. Before we get into the episode, if you're listening at work, you probably should not listen at work. Or get yourself a damn good set of headphones. If you're listening at home, you probably shouldn't listen around your kids. Or just don't have kids and the problem solved. We are weekly tabletop war gaming and Warhammer 40k podcast. We talk about the Lord Marshall series in the Midwest. And uh, next week we'll be headed to Iron Halo. So that'll probably be what next week's episode is about. I'm going to shut up. Here's the episode. Enjoy. Markings on each of my casters, so that oh, way it's nice. okay. Goes to that, blue goes to that. So it can be like an animal. Go by color theory. <laughs> yeah, I uh, well, I, I lost a game yesterday, and it was a really good player. Um, and like, I I really thought I shouldn't have lost the game, and uh, I got to thinking afterwards about you know situations and scenarios and what sure. went down in the game and. I'm like, man, I missed so much shit, you know, and I, and I can't be so uh, hard uh, on myself because, like, I've got less than a dozen games with this Exactly, list. yeah. But I was kind of just pissed off because, like, I felt like I should have won that game. Um, you yeah, know? no, like, I, I played I, yesterday, I mean, I dropped my set after my first game because I, like, set my opponent was going to, like, leave. I wasn't about to sit there for three hours and wait because for some reason, the people down here, like, doing three-hour rounds... And it's just mind numbing. Dude, that's a long ass day, man. I know, I know. It it, it goes to like nine p.m. every time. I'm just sitting there, and like usually I win, so I'm just like, oh, well, I have to stay in order to get my money. So, yeah. um, but no, I lost the first game because I just played like a greedy asshole because I thought I was gonna like club the hell out of them. Um, and then I just like a couple of things didn't go off, or I was way too close, and I was like, well, I played like an asshole and deserve and deserve this loss. So, yeah. It was against Dude, you know what I, it was goddamn fucking uh, Crafts World Zelda. <laughs> so, uh, he got to go first. He got the jump on me. Yeah, yeah. 
And uh, for whatever reason, I couldn't kill. Uh, oh, is one of the grab tanks? Is it a Falcon? I don't know what it's called. Links? Or no, it wasn't Forge World, but it oh, had okay, some damage gun on top. The Night Spinner or Fire Prism. I don't know, but I got off. Uh, you yeah. know the whole Empiric uh, amplification on yep. it. Uh, managed to uh, try to. I do other shit, and then shot it with uh, three different uh, Dreadnought bodies, and that thing still had uh, one wound on it. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy because like yeah, it gets like the minus one damage on it and stuff, yeah. right? So, so like, I was I was and then sitting uh, sitting inside the vehicle was a bunch of fire dragons that uh, loved to just pop out and yep. torch uh, torch Grandmaster Dreadnought. So I was like, God damn it! But <laughs> uh, you know, I had some stuff that, like, if I remembered sequences of stuff and some strats and what yeah. was actually on what unit, like, I could have, uh, I could have probably been more, mm-hmm. more successful in my game. So I'm like, I, you know, I'm not usually the token guy. Like, you know, my opinion on it. Yeah, well, it's always good when, like, well, it's it's, it's good at least that, like, you basically won the game, right? As long as you knew the book better, right? And which is basically what mine was too, because I played. You know, who Joseph Yost is. I do. He's he's been around for a while. Yeah, I played him like three times in a, like recently in the RTTs, and I've beat him every time. He's he's like he's not a good player, and I lost to him because he's playing Custodes, and he's had like was it one like five dreadnoughts, and I learned real quick that Thousand Suns shooting cannot smoke dreadnoughts quickly, just because yeah. it's like you know strength four or strength five, and they have all the. Um, BS ways, but it hurts when I'm playing against a guy and he doesn't even know that you can't stack feel no pain. And I explain it to him in the rule book that you can't take two feel no pain saves against a wound. And like, <laughs> like yeah, or I'd explain to him, I was like, oh, like I explained to him all of his guns too. I was like, oh no, that's strength six, or no, no, that's AP two. He's like, oh, re-, like oh, it feels really bad when you lose against that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, you're teaching them well, how to play. It, you know, so the the good thing about this was this guy actually. Uh, he works for GW. He's one of the event organizers. So, but, oh wow, uh, yeah, he was a super dope dude, uh, nice guy. So at least if I was going to lose, you know, it was a. Uh, it... Oh yeah, no, Yost is Yost is cool guy. Like cool guy. I, I'm with, just at home uh, looking at my wounds today. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But so the reason I had you on today, uh, you know, we kind of got into talk about Thousand Suns, and the thing that I dig is instead of Theory Hammer. Um, you've not only gotten a lot of the theory hammer out of the way, but you've gotten, you know, yeah, into play playing the games, a couple RTTs, uh, getting the reps in. So um, I just thought it'd be good. You would be a good asset to talk sure. to you about the book. And uh, that's what it was. Yeah, which, I mean, like I said last <laughs> night, I was, I was going, going crazy thinking about the whole double warp time thing. Because I was like, how has nobody mentioned this yet? Like, yeah. I mean, it's, so it's it's the war like thing. I was I was driving last night. And I missed the conversation. Yeah, there's like you can like because like you can get double warp time if you ally in the CSM because the powers are named different now. Really? Because oh, the, it, did the Thousand Suns get a new name on their shit? Everything's different. So it's temporal surge, and then there's warp time. So Ooh. you can potentially move two units twice in a turn if you ally in CSM. So huh. I was. I was like, there, there could be something there. So but, how, how valuable do you think the cabal points have been in your game? Because that's what you um, lose, right? Is cabal yeah, points. I mean, I'll kind of talk about that if we go. But uh, yeah, the cabal points. There, I mean, it's weird because like my list, I only run like twelve, 
So I basically only get either like a double cast, an undeniable power, and then I get like a little side addition, like added onto it, like deep correction mortal wounds. So basically every okay. turn I'm getting an undeniable cast and then D3 mortal wounds extra. And I'm like, is that really worth just being mono T Suns? You know, I'm not I'm not quite sure yet. Yeah. Well so, let's uh let's go yeah. ahead and roll into it, man. Sure. You ready? Yeah, go uh, ahead. All right. Flying Monkeys Wargaming Podcast, where if Wargaming was easy, it would be your mom. I'm here, and uh, this is going to be a, a added on, a bonus. Uh, my dude Cam, he's a teammate, a uh, good dude. I have referred to him as the drunken master of 40K. Um, he's He doesn't drink, though. He's pretty clean. So. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never been drunk, but I get drunk off power and Warhammer. Yeah, but his, his style is unpredictable. His, uh, his games are random, and uh, he's a good player. So I, I listen to what he has to say sometimes because he has some good input. But... With all that being said, Cam has uh, dug into the Thousand Suns book, so uh, we're here to talk to Cam about that. How you doing, Cam? Doing great, doing great. How are you doing? Uh, not too bad. So, like I said, licking my wounds. I uh, I lost the game yesterday because uh, I didn't have all my shit down, and it was a new army. And uh, so I'm doubling down today and uh, actually making some game aids so I don't fuck up stuff and forget things. And um, it's, uh, you know, it's not, you know, I don't I'm worried about having the stuff uh, down by Halo, but I think I'm going to dance with the girl I brought to the dance and not do the old uh, fallback of like, uh, well, let's just dig out the Space Wolves. So, no, yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, I had the same thing happen to me yesterday. You brought me on to be the Thousand Suns Master, but I lost game one. But <laughs> <laughs> Great. So what'd you lose to? Uh, I lost to Custodes. Um, yeah. uh, good, uh, good player, but I was just played really greedy and got severely punished for it. So learned a lot though, and I'm, like like you said, I'm trying just to get all the kinks out of the way now before I get on like the bigger stages of Halo. So yeah, and I'm I'm kind of irritated because the the RTT that I scheduled is uh, on the weekend of a Comic Con. Yeah, uh, I saw that. So, so it's uh it's a matter of uh, making money or playing 40k, and I have to choose making money, which I'm sure a lot <laughs> of folks go with that struggle all the time. But it's kind of a new one for me, so. Sure, but let's uh, let's get into it. What's uh, so? What's your overall thoughts of the book? Um. So overall, is this the, the life best? You know, the the new stuff that Thousands didn't have before. Oh yeah, I was gonna say overall, is it the life best that chaos players need to stop drowning in their salty tears? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, well, there's like so there's not really any data yet to see it, but overall, I'm I'm really liking the book. It's got a lot of play. Um. I think it could be a solid, like, 5-1 and one style army out there right now. Can it beat the Admech, Dark Eldar, Sisters, Boogeymen? Haven't played against any of those yet, but we'll have to see here in the coming months. Good. So you've had some success at RTTs, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. You've walked away with a couple of them. Um, have you gotten in a lot of those Admech matchups, so those Drukari matchups? Yes, yeah, so I, I played against was it one Drukari. Um, that went really well for me. Uh, he had a lot of boats in typical Dark Eldar fashion, and Thousand Suns with their mortal wound output and their particular brand of shooting have the exact stat lines to pop boats and kill the contents of at least two to three in one turn uh, when need be. So they play into that matchup really well. 
and with them having their minuses to hit and their invuln saves, mortal wounds going around that really punishes them because they all have typically one wound models on all their stuff. So each mortal wound is just money in the bank for you. Nice. Yeah. So what uh what do you think the weaknesses of the book are? What do you what do you think people are going to struggle with in the book? You know, you'd mentioned uh, toughness, uh, yeah, shooting. So uh, is that is that kind of the theme you see, or you seen anything else? Yeah, weaknesses. I'd have to say number one before the high toughness, high um, armor save models is definitely going to be melee. Um, if you're running into a uh, high melee army, such as you know orcs or you know dark eldar, like I said, we're good in them, but also bad, just like any sort of matchup, you can have trade-offs. Uh, melee is number one because a lot of their units, um, besides the terminators, like you look at look if you look at rubrics, people are going crazy about MSU rubric squads right now for Thousand Suns. But if you look at their unit, they just have you know the AP2 bolters, so they have their psychic, and they have usually a reaper auto cannon which is uh, st- five shots, strength six, AP three. So they have a pretty good shooting platform for the price. But in melee, they're rocking only, was it two attacks a model, no AP, no pluses of strength. And then the uh, the little sorcerer in there still only has just a AP minus one D3 damage weapon. So they fold really quickly to any sort of dedicated close combat unit in melee. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I don't know. You also were, let's, I guess let's slow down, and let's go first through the one of the things that this book got that the other books didn't have, which is new, which reminds me kind of of the old, uh, like the, you know, you and I both played Demon Kin and Corn, mm-hmm. and the blood type was kind of cool. Of but, course. Uh, like, there's kind of, I like when they do little gimmicks for armies that kind of make them feel more themey or, or whatever. And this book got cabal points. Uh, give me your overall. I know you're kind of steering away from maybe looking into a mixed list with them, but what do you think good or bad about cabal points? Yeah, I'll kind of do just a general rundown of what the army benefits are. So these I mentioned cabal points, the cabalistic rituals are what you get for, if you're running your entire army as mono T sons. Uh, so akin to the, uh, Plague Company um, contagions that you get for Death Guard and whatnot. So Kabbalistic, Kabbalistic blah, blah, it's kind of a weird word to say. Kabbalistic rituals. How it says is if every unit in your army, uh, excluding on uh, unaligned units, has Thousand Suns keyword, you get Cabal Sorcerers, and each of these sorcerers generates Cabal points. So if we look down the list here, Magnus the Red gets you four, Aramon and Exalted Sorcerers get you three. Um, so on and so forth. So basically, for each one of the sorcerers you have in your army, you generate these points, and these are generated at the beginning of each psychic phase. So it's not like command points, where you get them once and you burn them and they're gone. Uh, but you get them each uh, subsequent turn. But of course, if your sorcerers start getting picked off, then you start getting less and less. And some of the highlights from the ways you can spend these uh, cabal points in your psychic uh, phase would be Let's see, Psychic Maelstrom is one I like to use a lot, and this one is, use this ritual when a unit uh, manifests a psychic power, and then if it's a Witchfire, another Psyker can use that same Witchfire that you used already in the same phase. So that's really valuable with spells like, uh, we'll go into later, but big one is Doombolt, which just does a flat three mortal wounds. This allows you to slap it on another Psyker for these eight Cabal points, and you can do uh, 
two instances of three flat mortal wounds, which of course you know speaks for itself as being really valuable. And then also you could pair that with uh, another power that I use quite often, which is Malevolent Charge. And this one is, if you ever use a Psychic power that has Mortal Wounds, basically Doom Bolt or Smite, you can do spend these four points, and it does a D3 additional Mortal Wounds on that same unit. So suddenly oh, nice. you can rack off three Mortal Wounds, then do Smite D3, and then do this for D3. And you just have like a way to just, like I said, earlier popping off those uh transports for dark eldar you can have one of your psychers just clean out a transport and the psychic phase so that way allows your shooting to kill the insides um that's the that's the biggest way i've been using it not really as the um i guess like hammer to kill off like the big scare units but more of like a utility piece kind of like scalping these mortal wounds out and these cabal points really drive home the ability to play them like that um so it's not all damage and you, you have a lot more utility in here as well. Thousand Suns being this psychic powerhouse as they are on the fluff, this allows them to reflect that pretty well on the tabletop. You have another one that's eight ball points, which is, um, what is it called? Kabbalistic Focus. This one's eight as well, like I just said, and it just makes any psychic power or psychic action, which is really c- critical to mention, and it can't be denied. So that one is also very, very clutch against armies like you're playing with Dark uh, Grey Knights, with have all those denies, and you get plus to deny. Um, if you really need to get that psychic action off to get those three points in the middle of the board, your your uh, uh, your rituals, your interrogation, or some of the psychic secondaries in this game, just making it so that way you're gonna get those three points that turn is really huge. Um, nice. Yeah. And then a lot of the other ones, uh, some of them are pretty mediocre, but most of the other ones are basically just giving you pluses to your uh, roll-off for your uh, psychic test, but after the fact. So you don't have to burn these points. Um, when you make Before you make the roll, you can roll it, determine if, like, oh, it's pretty weak, I want to bump it up to make sure it doesn't get, get denied, or if you want to bump it up to make sure that it gets casted, you can do it after the fact. So always having reactionary stuff is uh, pretty good in 40k, not having to commit to it. Good. Yeah. What uh, So what standouts do you think there are as far as, uh, I guess, psychic powers? What's uh, They, they yeah, got a whole bunch of trees, uh, you know, and you're, you're talking about getting stuff off, you know, that can't be denied or mm-hmm. with bonuses, blah, blah, blah. What, what's, what do you think the go-to psychic powers are going to be and, and how will they be used? Yeah, so you mentioned that whole lot of trees. Um, they they actually, from previous from the last book, they cut down the amount of trees, but they increased the amount of powers in each one, which I don't really know. I still don't understand why they did that, but whatever GW does, GW things. And a really interesting thing to note is that all of these powers got renamed in the book, which well, I'll mention here after I go down the breakdown of the powers here, why that's important. Um, but the, I'll go over some of the just the big ones that I find myself using every turn. So Weaver of Fates is a blessing, and this one you pick a model with an 18 inches goes off on a seven or a six because Thousand Suns get plus one to all their cast rolls, and gives a unit a four up invuln save. Now this is different from the last book because the last book just gave you a plus one to your invuln save, but they obviously want to avoid abusing a 3-up invuln save. 
Uh, this is still really big for your units of like Chaos Bond that don't have any saves. It just gives them a 4-up in Volm. Or you can throw it on a unit of Cultists that you really want to stick around on an objective. Or even like Zangors. Um, that one that one could be really big. So it's actually a boon for these smaller units that never had an Volm save. And it just kicks them straight to a 4-up rather than the plus 1. Um, you have your typical strip away uh, invuln save power, which used to be called uh, Death Hex, and this one is now called Twist of Fate. Uh, still goes off on a pretty high cast of an 8, but like with those Cabalistic uh, Rituals, you can now auto-cast it or get your pluses to your cast roll to guarantee that you really strip away the invulnerable save on a key unit when you need to. Um, they still have warp time, but it's called Temporal Surge, and now it goes off on a value of a 7 rather than a 6. But once again, if that plus one to a cast is balances out to still being pretty easy to get off. Although, big thing to note with that is that their warp time no longer works on everything. It's only infantry, cavalry, and beasts. So you can't warp time your demon princes. You can't throw down like the Mutal Vortex Beast or Mauler Fiends and just send them down range. So that's something to watch out for, uh, especially with all these changes to these psychic powers. If you're fighting against Thousand Suns, really like they should have their powers listed out there for you to like look at like cards or the book or whatnot just kind of just you know double check your opponent make sure they're not throwing things at you that they shouldn't be or up their invuln saves better than they should um because that's gonna be a key point like we'll kind of mention here with thousand suns is it is such a technical army that when you're going up against somebody it's it's sadly going to be a little bit on your you your part as the opponent to double check your uh, the opponent you're playing to make sure they're not cheating you out of it, and that's going to be pretty hard if you're starting off. But of course, hopefully that's what we're here to help illuminate some of these interactions to get check these people in their games. Um, oh, let's see here, all the other ones are pretty typical. You got your plus one to hit rolls. Um, you got your Buff up a Psyker's strength and attacks. Nothing too crazy there. But I'm going to go ahead and roll into one I really like called Pyrrhic Flux, uh, which goes off on a 5, a uh, 4, if you it's got plus 1. And it adds plus 1 strength characteristic to all Warp Flamers, Warp Flame Pistols, and Heavy Warp Flamers. So right off the bat, this doesn't sound too crazy, but the way you can kit out a rubric squad is you can give there's no cap on how many flamers you can give them so you can have a 10 yen unit all rocking flamers and suddenly give them all plus one strength and now they're rocking strength 5 ap2 shots for all their d6 so that's 10 d6 of them and there's ways you can teleport these guys in uh just guarantee the shots off you can hide them in a corner slingshot them forward and that's, that's just a lot of firepower you can put out of nowhere really fast um, for a really low casting value. Um, yeah, that's kind of all the really big powers that I want to make note of, because obviously we're not going to go over all of them, because that'd take all day. Yeah, it's, and but, some of them just look ridiculously silly, so... Yeah, a lot of them have a lot of hoops and stuff to jump through, and I don't like entertaining the, you know, silly stuff. I like to kind of focus on the stuff that's going to get you the wins every game. Yeah. Well, let's. Uh, so you're talking about getting the wins. You've built mm-hmm. a few different lists, played with a few different things. 
Yeah. Uh, what what kind of cream is running at the top as far as like uh, unit choices and and loadouts? Sure. So best unit overall that had the best glow up and is performing the best for me is definitely the Scarab Occult Terminators. Uh, now people might be a little sad that's not the Rubric squads, but just like Death Guard, it looks like Thousand Suns are taking the same route where it's all about the Termies. Uh, they got the uh, plus one to their wound just in typical fashion. But the big thing is their melee got way better. So they used to just be rocking normal power swords with just one damage and no pluses or anything to them. It's really lackluster. But they now got plused up to strength five and the AP stayed the same at three, but they got up to two damage flat on each of them with no real points cost to go along with that. So each of these guys has three attacks, strength five, AP three, two damage, and they are the melee threat that this army desperately needs to keep your opponent honest, and they'll be doing the heavy lifting there as long with the shooting phase, because just like no other other Terminator, they have the full rapid fire with their storm bolters at 24-inch range, so each one kicks out four strength four AP two shots. That's now, not bad at all. I know, yeah. And like I mentioned earlier, those rubrics can carry these uh, Soul Reaper cannons, and these guys can too. They can take two in a squad, the Strength 6, AP 3, 1 damage, and they can also take two Hellfire Missile Racks for a total of four Strength 8, AP 2, D3 missile shots. So all of this, just on paper, is pretty good, but where the real money is with them is you can start layering just crazy amount of buffs. So... A big thing you can give them is from the Infernal Master, which is the new thing that came from the Hexfire box set, kind of like a psychic chaplain. He can go ahead and throw power on them to give all of their uh, ranged weapons plus one strength. So just like in fashion of Admech, you can now just rack off a million strength 5 AP2 shots coming out of these guys. Uh, that helps the Soul Reaper cannons, that makes them strength 7, the missile launchers get strength 9. And then, just to make even insult to injury, you can spend two command points and give them old-school veterans of the Long War. Um, it could go up to two command points, just like Death Guard, and that gives them all plus one to wound. So now all these plus-strength weapons are stacking plus one uh, the wound on them, and then you can give them Presage for plus one to hit, which used to be uh, called Prescience, which everybody knows that. Psychic power. So plus one hit, plus one to wound, plus one strength. Um, anything you want, and you can teleport them in with, like I said, either them being Terminators, it can naturally teleport. There's a couple other ways, which we'll go over here with the relics or the, um, what are they, the cult-specific abilities allows them to teleport. So you can sit these guys in your backfield, buff them up to the nines, and then just throw them in there and then delete. Probably, I've been kicking off like two, two to three units um, in one shooting phase with them. So that's that's the biggest winner, I think, from this book. Um, people are entertaining running five-mans of these, but I think you need at least one ten-man unit in each of your army in order to be competitive. I think that's the auto-take. Yeah, one time Alex was talking about just running two fatty-ass units of them, and I'm like, man, okay. So. Yeah, oh, yeah, that, that, that's actually all my list. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of Terminators. I had these things well before the Codex, but it just turned out that my purchases lined up with the abilities. So, yeah, every single list I'm running, I'm doing 20. Is that necessarily the way to go? I'm not sure, but 
right now with like the short term just eyes on the page the 20 of them seems to be operating really well just because they check all the boxes for each of the phases they could teleport around for the fast movement insane shooting and they solve the thousand suns melee problem as opposed to the rubrics where they they just get stuck in they they're just done um i'm not gonna touch the rubrics too much because we already said the one trick with the flamers and they're just marines with bolters and they can cast a cast a smite uh, not nearly as interesting as like your Grey Knight Strike Squads, which can do a whole variety of stuff with their melee weapons and uh, range attacks. But the real uh, sauce in Thousand Suns is always going to be in their characters. And you can build up some pretty either utility or just nasty beat stick characters in this book if you want. And we'll start off with all of the special character uh, Araman. <laughs> they only got the one, uh, and but it they really make use of it by making them all very close to auto take. So Araman got different, where he used to just get plus better pluses to his casts, but now he just has a flat. Every time you roll a psychic test, you can just re-roll it. So oh, whether nice. that be, I know <laughs> with, with it's. And everybody knows the frustration of trying to kick off your powers, and they just keep on failing, and you already used your CP, re-roll on one, and you're just like, and you roll Snake Eyes again, and you're just swearing off the army because bad luck hits you. Armon really secures that, and by having three casts, he can get all of your key buffs off, and then paired with those uh, Kabbalistic Rituals, that um, you can work them on him. And even if, for whatever reason, you do roll pretty low, you can go ahead and throw those pluses onto it to make them go off. But the interesting thing is that it doesn't say uh, failed psychic tests. It just says you can re-roll psychic tests. So if you got a low number and you're really looking for a higher one to prevent it getting from denied, I've done this in a lot of my games where I've barely cast the power with Aramon, and I can just re-roll it uh, to really bring it back up to like a 9 or 8 and secure the fact that it's not going to get denied. So he's he's a most consistent source of psychic powers you can get in this book. Um, but the other thing that can test with him would be, let's see, a normal exalted sorcerer. Now, just on the normal stat line, they are not that impressive when compared to Aramon, but the thing that they can do, do differently is they can get relics and these things called legion commands abilities on them so legion commands are things introduced kind of in the space marine book there where there are upgrades you can give to your hqs and sergeants for points now they're not like as crazy as you know your master apothecaries or whatnot but one of them that a lot of people take is a 25 point upgrade and it lets your exalted sorcerer cast an additional power in your psychic phase so normally they cast two. This kicks them up to the three to reach an Ar Armand's ability. And then you pair this with a relic called the Athenian Scrolls, which allows you to pick one psychic power you have from one of the two disciplines. And then whenever you try and cast that power for the rest of the game, you roll 3d6 and you pick the two highest. So oh, that's solid. Yeah, it's really good. It's not as good as just reroll all psychic tests, but this does make the Exalted Sorcerer come in at 20 points cheaper than, or around 20 points cheaper than Aramon. 
So if you're looking for a more budget of inclusion into your list without having to take the special character, you can go ahead and take him. And he's a great utility piece, not really kicking out your damage, but that's not really the caster's jobs most of the time. Um, talk about damage. We got your Demon Prince. Now, a lot of people are iffy on whether or not he's good, bad, but I think he's just more of like a playstyle choice, and if you really like getting in there and messing up your opponent in some melee, you can buff up Demon Prince to tank hits and dish him out. So, Demon Prince, they with Thousand Suns, they kept their 4-up invuln save, which is really big, actually. You don't need a cast of power to get that off on him. He just has it built in with no real points increase. So, Demon Prince with wings, still clocking in at 185. Uh, fly keyword, 12-inch move, all that's the same. Uh, the things that you want to stack on him is, first off, there's a Warlord trait, which gives you just minus one damage to everything coming into him. So obviously, no need to explain that. That's always been solid with Dreadnoughts, Death Guard, all that. Any time you can get that in, it's always nice. And then you pair that with the was a Conniving Plate. And the Conniving Plate, it makes it so that anytime somebody tries to target you with... Uh, melee attacks, you have the amount of close combat attacks you have. So... I had a... You said... You cut out just for a second, but it said anytime someone tries to target you, and then I lost you. Oh, sorry, yeah. So anytime someone tries to target you in melee with your Demon Prince and when you're in engagement range... Okay. The the model halves the amount of close combat attacks it has when you target him. So... Now you have minus one damage, and you have the amount of attacks that somebody comes in at you. Now, yeah, they can still spike and kill you one round, but the odds are just insanely low for one round of combat, your Demon Prince dying against most units. So you can feel pretty confident throwing him into your other Smash characters, and even if they have a Fight Last ability, odds are he's still coming out of there clean. Because um, even against, look at like Drazar, right? He has usually like his split, split attacks he does where it's seven on his first round. And that would be knocked down to four. And then all those damage two abilities are knocking down to damage one. So now you have four attacks at damage one from like the best beat stick character in the game against your Demon Prince. And you're coming out of there clean. So you can feel really confident to throw him in there, snipe some key characters, uh, and, and hold, throw, throw his weight around. Um, that's kind of like the only two really, like, uh, powerhouse combinations I've seen. Like, yeah, there's other cute tricks and relics you can kind of throw in there, Warlord traits, but those are the two I, I can see making it in their way to the list at tournaments you, when you go see them. Nice. So what is... Uh, do you mind talking about your current list? Do you mind going through Yeah, of course, yeah. So currently, I'm playing around with Mono T-Suns, though I'm kind of side-eyeing some mixed CSM or demons in there. Since I realized that, which I'll, I'll mention this just right now since I brought it up, uh, with the na- the change to the names of the powers, uh, like namely Warp Time and Death X, you can take CSM as an ally and have two sources of basically the same psychic power since they're named differently. Now, I've only found this recently and there could be an FAQ that kind of disproves this but as far as I can see nothing's stopping you from having two sources of warp time so j- just to add a counterpoint in case people are wanting to throw in some cheeky little allies in there but as far as my list goes I said Piercy uh, Thousand Suns 
I'm taking start off HQs. I got Aramon just because he doesn't cost CP with like any relics or anything to get going, and rerolling cast is great. I have an Infernal Master, which is that um, Chaplain-esque Psyker ability to get that plus one strength on my Terminators. And then I also take right now a Demon Prince, and I give him a relic, which is has a weird name. Let me just find it quick. It is the not even gonna try. People just call it the Orrery. The first okay. parts, so yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I never learned how to read that well. So let's see. This one is at start command phase. If you're a warlord, basically seize an enemy unit that you really want to kill. All you do is see it. There's no range restriction. You just pick it, and every core unit within six inches of that bear of the relic. Ignores any weapon skill, ballistic skill, hit roll, wound roll, or damage characteristic modifiers. So that can be really damning on, let's say, your Mortarian, right? He's got minus one to hit from his power going off. Uh, he's minus one da uh, damage. And since he's you know above that wounds cap, you can't hide him. So you can always see him. You can always pick him. So suddenly you're shutting off his hit ability, and his minus one damage coming at him. So all your multi-damage weapons are going to be doing full effect on him, and you should be able to ice him one turn pretty easily with this ability. So that's the reason I take that. Take out your big big, big bads the opponent might have. Also, Dean Prince. I, I didn't buff him up with the conniving plate or that minus one damage. I'm still playing around with that, but I'm kind of using him as more just like a mobile uh, buffing platform for now. Nice. So that's my HQs. Go ahead and move into my troops. I take three units of ten cultists, because that's still one of the best things about Chaos, is that they have very cheap troops' choices that can go out and just sit on objectives. Not as good as box walkers, but cultists still get the jo job done. Um, big thing to note is that they do not have objective secured ability in this book. They have that uh, kind of new wave of chaos rules where they're making cultists. Um, like you have to, you can only take a certain amount of those if you have a certain amount of uh, pure like heretic astardes or they're called in this book arcana astardes, just like death guard and their pox walker restriction. Um, and this ability applies also to your zangors if you want to take those. But yeah, I kind of dig it though because you know you remember the old chaos list. It'd be like oh my god, know, know. you know three thousand cultists and then these two forge world vehicles. You know? Oh yeah, I used to rock was hundred twenty cultists and then just screw the CS the normal space marines. So yeah, it always it always plus it always felt bad. You know you're running you're running your cast space marines your heretic stardust and you don't have any on the board and you just see a million cultists and you're just like what am I doing here? You know yeah. so. With zero chaos space marines on the board. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that's kind of uh, starting off the troops there. And then I run one squad of rubrics of that flamer bomb I have said. They're like 262 points, so still on the pricey side. Still kind of playing out, see if they get their points back every turn. But as so far, like, the, like six games I've played, seven games, they've gotten their points back every time. Um... Big boon you can mention with this Flamer Bomb is they have a stratagem you can use for them called Risen Rubrikai for two command points, and that allows you to infiltrate them during deployment. So allows you to put them up there nine inches away from deployment zone or enemy models, this big fat unit of Flamers, and if you go first, you're basically just 
it, it's going to be like a one-two punch between them and the Terminators. You can pretty much kill half their army if uh, it's not just like all toughness eight. Uh, so that's really nice. Which I'm I'm going to pair this quick now with the uh, cult I take. So Thousand Suns fans from the last book will know that they have their different cults, just like Grey Knights have their Brotherhoods and Death Guard have their plane companies. And the cult that I think is going to see pretty much exclusively play and the top table of the tournaments is going to be Cult of Duplicity. And the reason that is, they have two things going for them really well. They have a Warlord trait, which I put on my Demon Prince, which allows him and D3 Cult of Duplicity units, not core, just any units, but it does exclude vehicles. And allows them to redeploy them anywhere on the battlefield before the game begins. So this is really important because that flamer bomb you throw up there with that infiltration ability. Let's say you don't go first and you now all your 262 point unit is just sitting there getting shot off turn one. You can bring them back as one of those D3 units to redeploy. Put them in cover, keep them safe in your deployment zone. And then you can use them as an asset later on. So that's a really neat trick you can do with there. Um, that's something to look out for if you're wondering why your Thalassons player is being so ballsy with this big unit they're throwing at you. Just know they're probably going to bring it back. Um, and then the psychic power, Sorceress uh, Facade. This one is you pick a Cult of Duplicity Infantry unit or Monster unit. And you can go ahead and just basically redeploy it via deep strike rules. So nine inches away from anything anywhere on the battlefield. And then I'll pair that here in a second when I talk about that with my Terminators. Which is the next part of my list and the main meat of it. I run two 10-man identical blobs of Terminators with the double Soul Reaper cannons and the two Hellfire missile racks. Uh, these are the damage dealers of the list. They... Always seem to make their points back. Yeah, they're a little pricey at the uh, was it 430 points for one unit, but with uh, the free wounds and the Thousand Suns ability, all is dust. Which, um, if you ha are getting hit with a damage one weapon, it gives you plus one to your save. All pairing that with a two plus save, and then sitting in cover. Now suddenly you're rocking a zero up save against damage one weapons for your Thousand Suns Terminators, and it's going to take way more firepower than your opponent's wanting to to go ahead and take them off an objective. And another thing to notice about Thousand Suns is that all of their rubrics, the Terminators and the normal uh, Space Marines, is that they get fearless and objective secure. So they don't take morale checks, and even the Terminators are counting as basically troops' choices when holding an uh, objective. And that's going to catch a lot of people off guard when they take these units down to two mans or they're sitting out objective with Terminators and they think they stole it from them and suddenly you can kind of get gotcha by your opponent just revealing like, uh-huh, it's like, screw you. It's like, nope, my codex is better than yours. I don't take morale and I got the point from you. Uh, that's one of those subtle that, that buffs. Sounds pretty solid. Yeah, that's one of those solid buffs that's definitely going to go on the radar for a lot of people. So what do you, uh, I guess, what do you think in in the meta are are going to be good counters or good lists that, you know, what, what list do you think Thousand Suns are going to struggle with? Thousand Suns are really going to struggle with, oddly enough, I, th I haven't played against them yet, but Grey Knights, I think, can be 
can knock the crutch out from Thousand Suns. I know a lot. Of, there's a lot of talk out there saying Thousand Suns got the better end of the deal, but with the way the builds are looking for Grey Knights, I think they have the tools to just cripple them. So, like I know you're you're playing with just mass Dread Knights. That's kind of what everybody's doing, right? Yeah. Um, and Dread Knights with that high save, high toughness, that does not bode well for the firepower that Thousand Suns have with being kind of low strength, only one damage. And then also, paired with the fact that they get plus one to deny, they'll be able to shut down a lot of the Grey Knight's psychic powers. Um, you can make one undeniable, but one psychic power isn't going to win you the game. And also, all of the Grey Knight's models are great in melee, as opposed to just the two units of Terminators I have. So, as soon as you start trading these units around, I think Grey Knights come out on top of that. And then also, the other big unit that I think that's big army that's going to kind of do it for them is going to be Orcs, oddly enough. Um, yes, we have a lot of high rate of firepower to take out orc, normal Orc bodies, but we're not seeing a lot of Orc bodies, just like 20-mans, in the, the Orc lists that are being run. We're seeing either just all-in shooting lists or all-in like kind of like a obscure melee builds. And Obviously, we mentioned earlier, pure melee armies, if they can connect to the Thousand Suns, are just going to be the nail in the coffin for them. But also, the orcs have a lot of indirect firepower damage to shooting, and the Thousand Suns' ability to get plus one to their save does not proc off of uh, damage two, has to be damage one. They do have a stratagem to reduce that down to damage one, but it's only going to be against one unit. So as soon as you pop that strat, your orc players be like, okay, well, I'm just going to shoot all my shots over into this other unit that you wasted your CP on. So, orcs have a lot of way to go around, get around the buffs that they are, they have going for them. Um, and then, of course, just your typical boogeyman, uh, Dark Eldar and Admech are always going to be in contention for them. But I think those two armies are really going to be uh, the big counters to them. I might have lost Cam. Oh, hello? All right, I think you're back. I lost <laughs> you for about 15 seconds, I think. So. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the last thing I was just saying there for the last like 15 seconds was just that I think that basically just as I think Orcs and Grey Knights are going to be the hardest counters. Um, and then of course, then just the top of the meta, Admech and Dark Eldar, of course, going to give the run for the money too but I don't think it's necessarily the backbreaker for them, as people might be thinking. Cool. Well, uh, I think we've went through quite a bit. Um, do yeah. you have any, uh, anything you want to add before we, we bounced on this? Um, basically, one last thing that a lot of people are going to be wondering is that if they're going to be seeing Magnus on the table. And no. Medication. Uh, you're never going to see Magnus, I don't think, anywhere close Sorry. to top table. Oh, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think you're going to see the Primarch anywhere any on the top tables or any sort of competitive lists. Uh, he got pretty hit the nerf train on this book, this go-around. Didn't quite the, get the globe Mortarian got. So if you're trying to think about teching in towards killing more Primarchs, I would not worry about it. I don't, you're not going to see him swinging around. Yeah, I've, I've noticed that like nobody is... It, that's kind of funny you bring that up. Like Nobody's really bringing him, so I think he's just not been on my mind as far as the no. conversation goes. No, I've played against him twice. And 
with that one uh, relic I mentioned, the Orrery, where you can shut off his minuses to hit, and also he has an inbuilt minus one damage now, but surprise, Thousand Suns brought the perfect counter to their own Primark. Uh, it just kills him one round every time. He, he's not a threat at all. So, kind of sad, but I guess it's kind of good you don't just see just, you know, these big dick models just walking around, killing your entire army, making you feel bad. <laughs> it's, it's good. You know, I don't know, it's 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 bad that it was Magnus, but like they could have started with Mortarian. So yeah, <laughs> that's how I kind of feel about it because I think uh, I think Mortarian still has a lot of viability in list. I know a lot of the competitive players yeah. have kind of not a lot of them. Some of them have drifted away from me, but I've also seen players that are really good with some use him to some great success. Success. So yeah, I think yeah. Well, Oh yeah, well, I think when Admech finally gets their nerf, I think thousands of those players can start looking back at Magnus. But until that happens, just stay away from them, save your pocketbook the trouble, and just ignore them. I agree. Um, so I, I hope. Yeah, I know you're on top tables at Monkey, but you're doing it with the with the dirty dark kin. <laughs> and uh, I look forward to. I actually get to compete with you this time when we go to Halo, man. So uh, yeah. I'm hoping you you rock it at Halo and and do well and i look forward to seeing you walk away with a maybe a five and one or, or a win dude it'd be dope that's the goal yeah so all right well thanks for coming on man of course thank you Game over, man! It's game over! <laughs>